Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Tennis, swimming, lacrosse, whatever you need me to play, I'm going to go do it. If there's some money on the line, I'm going to go do it. You like it? You think Cleveland's cool? I mean, I never heard anybody say I'm going to Cleveland on vacation. But if y'all waiting on me to apologize, hell going to uh, freeze Wait, on. Not a game. Not, a, not, a, not the game that I go out there and, and die for. Welcome to the Points of the Pain podcast and TV show on Stadium. I'm Ben Wittenstein. I'm Zach Badger. I was always in the house. I'm glad you got that energy today. Yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> we're excited because we're talking NBA basketball. The season's inching closer. Yes, sir. And you're wearing orange. Why I is that? Orange. Why am I wearing orange? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, how many teams in NBA really do wear the color orange? The nice color. Right? Yeah. So we got to go all the way down to the desert where they wear Phoenix Suns orange. I'm going to give them their own color. The Phoenix, Phoenix Suns, Suns orange. orange. And what better way to talk? Phoenix Suns basketball did to talk to our main man. You tell the people who our main man is. We're going to welcome in Dave King, old friend of the podcast, friend of the show, the new show. He's a writer for Brightside Sun of SB Nation. Dave, how you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing wonderful. It's starting to cool down in Phoenix. We're getting our cold fall weather in the 80s. It's great. But he, but it's crazy. He said in the 80s. 80s, bro. In the <laughs> 80s. I love it. Desert's a different place. Way different. So, Dave. You were at Media Phoenix Day. Suns Media Days. Mm-hmm. Tell us about that. What are the vibes like? A lot of changes going on with the organization right now. I tell you, it's been weird the last few years on Media Day uh, for various reasons. Last year, mm-hmm. we had, especially last year, Media Day was like death warmed over. There was the uh, Robert Sarver, the owner, had been suspended uh, from <laughs> running the team after Jeez. a year-long investigation into his activities and on, on what he's doing off off the court, uh, and um, the Suns had were coming off a massive thirty-point meltdown for thirty-point loss in a deciding game, the biggest loss I think in in uh, half a half a century in the NBA or something like that in a deciding game. It was terrible, and so last year's media day was awful. Yesterday's media day with a brand new team, 13 new players since the Suns last played a game. Uh, And when they lost game six to Denver, they had only five players back from that game six loss to Denver in the second round. Uh, And the rest are all new, lots of changes, and everyone is just feeling themselves. It was like kids in a candy store yesterday. Just everyone was bouncing <laughs> off the walls. The energy was high. The players, they know they're here. They mean business. They're here for a championship. They're here putting all the right pieces in place. And what's good is the general manager has won four of those. The uh, Or is it three? Either three or four, but he's been in like seven finals, uh, James Jones. The uh, coach won a championship with the Los Angeles Lakers just a couple of years ago. And um, Kevin Durant has won a couple of championships of his own. So these guys know what it takes to get all the way 
uh, and uh, and they're ready. They're they're focused, and of course, everyone's excited. Optimism is supposed to be high on media day. You know, all thirty teams are going to make the playoffs on media day, uh, but the Suns <laughs> definitely feel like they are one of the top teams in the league, and they, and they they're not afraid to tell everyone. A lot of off a lot of off season moves, right? Different changes and everything before the season actually starts. We talked about a little bit before the podcast about DeAndre Ayton, how we both thought, Dave, at least by February, DeAndre Ayton would be traded and he would still be in a Phoenix Suns uniform going into training camp. Dave, we both were wrong. So talk a little <laughs> bit about that trade and, you know, the Bradley Beal deal as well. Well, I feel like over the last couple of years, the Suns have been willing to trade DeAndre Ayton. Uh, he mm-hmm. kind of wore out his welcome in terms of like Devin Booker is a heads down. Every second counts. Every play counts. Chris Paul is a grind you to the nub kind of player. Um, and everyone else fell in line. But it, over time, DeAndre Ayton is just not that kind of dude. And he's he'd rather just chill out. Um, he rubbed everybody the wrong way. He means well. He plays well. Um, he's got great talent, but he got people on the on the wrong uh, got on the wrong side of some people. And so I figured he was going to be traded any time in the last couple of years. But the Suns had a high asking point for eight, and they wanted somebody with the same kind of um, uh, return value, you know, production value, and, and and even if it was at a different position. And so none of the trade package offers had been good enough. Mm -hmm. I I suppose coming into training camp, they just decided, so what? We're just going to do the trade anyway. They like Yusuf Nurkic for what he brings to a team, assuming he'll be on the court, on the floor, playing and not injured. Um, He will bring really good skills to the team, the kind of skills they were trying to get out of DeAndre Ayton um, in, in more of a fourth option role. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, it they the Suns have three top scores, so they don't need uh, a fourth top scorer. They need uh, for uh, you know their fourth guy to be a supersized role player, and uh, Nurkic fits that bill a little bit better. Now, is he as good as Aiden? No, he's not. He's not. Did anybody the Suns got back in the trade? Are they potentially as good as DeAndre Aiden? Could they be all stars at their peak? No, not at all. But um, apparently the Suns decided it was time just to clean out the house, clean the room, uh, clear out the bad blood, and move on. Now, we'll find out this coming season whether that's good for them or bad for them. Um, But they don't care about three seasons from now. They don't care about what's a 28-year-old DeAndre Ayton going to look like. They care about a championship this year, and they're trying to build that team. And so they decided it's it's time to let it go. It's interesting because you mentioned that they have three superstars right now, and and you said they're looking for a little bit more depth, a little bit more role player interaction. On a scale of one to ten, do you have any concern about this Suns depth? With ten being like the most concerned, yeah. Ten being the most concerned. Um, okay, so depth. I actually have very low concerns now. They they sign so many high level like really good fit minimum guys that can that can play good roles that have proven like before even acquiring um uh Nasir Little who is you know talent wise a little bit better than the guys they had had at the uh small forward position he hasn't been as healthy either as they as teams have wanted him to be 
But um, the guys they had before that had all played, at least the Suns are the first team. I think it, I saw something in July. Um, the Suns signed the most 15 minute, 1500 minute uh, in a season players to minimum contracts than any team had ever done. And a lot of guys ended up fact. signing for minimum because the, <laughs> the money is just weird now. Um, and all that means is. is these are playable dudes. They didn't sign someone who, who played 10 minutes a, a game off the bench, you know, a year ago as uh, the, you know, uh, Utah Watanabe was really good in New York last year until they got a billion small forwards in the Kevin Durant trade. Um, <laughs> and then, um, Kata Bates Diop really developed his game in San Antonio and was ready to play that same role for a contender. And they all said yesterday that the second the Suns called them, they they chose the Suns. That's who they wanted to play for. They didn't have to wait to see if anyone else would give them a couple more dollars. They just wanted to go there. So am I worried about depth? No. What I'm worried about is the top end. There's no health among the top three guys. Um, so the, what's really going to get them through to the promised land is Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, and Devin Booker being healthy at playoff time and okay. them having been able to play enough games together during the regular season to know exactly who's doing what and when, and they can read each other's minds on the court. And that um, Durant and Devin Booker played really well together this past spring. Mm -hmm. The Suns just didn't end up having enough spare parts. And that a lot was because they were in a holding pattern the entire prior summer because of the Robert Sarver investigation. This summer, they were as no holding pattern. They changed over okay. a ton of guys. They picked the guys they wanted. And they have a lot of depth. And we haven't even talked about a guy I never thought I would see in a Phoenix Suns uniform, Grayson Allen. Mm, um, mm, mm, mm. If we can Your get boy, past Good luck. his <laughs> reputation – He's actually a playable player. And really, you're talking about a team who's the guy who got the fifth most minutes for the Suns in the playoffs last year was Landry Shamit. Grayson Allen wow. is at least an upgrade over Landry Shamit. And, yeah. you know. Uh, yes. Yeah. Because they didn't play him You've as got, much. I just, just to interrupt you for one second, Dave. I was kind of upset with the Phoenix Suns that they never played Landry Shamit. And it was like two other dudes that were on the roster as well that they did not play when Kevin Durant was out. And I thought they could have used those three guys, especially now that I think about it, TJ Warren was one of them. And then the other player, I can't think of at the moment, but there were three guys on the Phoenix Suns rosters there. Terrence Ross. Terrence Ross. Those three dudes did not play enough for me late into the season and didn't get much burn in the postseason. And I was kind of frustrated with that. Yeah, well, uh, you, I, I can see why, um, and I can't speak for the Suns' decision makers, uh, but I will say that Landry's problem was never a lack of opportunity. It was a lack of health. Mm -hmm. He was out most of the time. Kevin Durant was out, injured. Okay. Um, and when he did play, he was so hesitant and had lost all his feel for the game. I just uh, – he, he, he was very frustrating for Suns fans to watch because he okay. would pass up shots in the interest of, of being a team player when he needed to be the dude taking the shot. Uh, he, he, he just he was very disappointing uh, for the Suns. He, he, he made less than 40% of his shots. He didn't shoot the three ball uh, enough um, and, and wasn't consistent enough. So that was, that was difficult. Now, 
TJ Warren, if it's the old TJ, the TJ Warren of old, I was excited about them having signed him. TJ Warren is clearly not his old self. There's something wrong with TJ Warren. He's still not signed to an NBA contract today. And he only signed for a minimum contract a year ago at the Nets and was included as a throw in in the Durant deal. So he's clearly not the old TJ. Um, and I'm sure the coaching staff saw that in practice, and that's why he didn't play. And any workouts he gets, I think that's that's telling the tale. Terrence Ross, unfortunately, his problem is he's a turnstile. He scores points, but he gives up more on the other end. He is just, and he never made all the right defensive rotations. Uh, he was, yeah, he just he just didn't play well enough to help the Suns win. And uh, the Marty Williams actually gave those guys bigger roles in that Denver series because he wanted to, he had to try everything to get offense out there right. against Denver, um, especially when Chris Paul had gone down and they just couldn't deliver. So, but you know what? Everything's hindsight, right? If the guys on the court don't deliver, you're always wondering why the dudes on the bench didn't get to play. And that's the way it happens. And that's what, that got Monty Williams fired. One of the reasons Monty Williams got fired was that. Yeah. Well, you see it. Dave King, we're talking to Phoenix Suns, everything Phoenix Suns. So do not go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break. Let's talk all-time starting lineup, as we do with all of our guests. So Dave, we'll line up the board. we got point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, and center. Yes, sir. We'll start with the one spot. All-time Phoenix oh, Suns man. point guard. I would say Steve Nash. He is my pick for the greatest <laughs> point guard in Phoenix Suns Love history. Um, yeah, you've got Steve Nash as the greatest point guard in Phoenix Suns history. Um, two-time, we call him two-time. That's a, that was our that was our uh, nickname uh, that we gave him on Brightside. He is uh, he was great. He won MVPs in. Uh, two years that he shouldn't have been able to win MVPs. That's for sure. I know there's still debate over his second one. Uh, Shaquille O'Neal will tell you anytime you ask um, how many MVPs he has, and he'll say, well, I, I should have, you know, one more. And he talks about that. But Steve Nash was just absolutely incredible um, as, as a floor, uh, on the floor. Yeah. Love it. All right, number two, shooting guard. Shooting guard, I'm going all the way to Devin Booker. Now, the Suns have had some great, great shooting guards in team history. Uh, you've got Paul Westfall way back in the day. Uh, wait, he wait. ended up coming back and and, and being a, um, you know, a head coach for the Suns and one of the only coaches to take the Suns to the NBA Finals. Uh, but we're on year nine of Devin Booker right now. And it's so funny. He was asked yesterday at on media day, when, do you feel like you've arrived? You're no longer next. You're no longer the next star. You're no longer up and coming. You're here. And Booker just kind of laughed and he goes, man, I feel like I arrived a long time ago. I feel like I, like I, I arrived in 1996, he said. That's what he said? <laughs> That's great. Who's going to be on the three? Who's um, playing yeah, a small no, forward position? He already, uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's just incredible. Yeah, I'd say he's already the best uh, shooting guard in the history. The small forward, best Love it. small forward in the history. The Suns have had some great ones, but I'm going to call it Sean Marion, uh, the Matrix. The Matrix, the there dude you go. who could slide over to power forward. He played power forward in early small ball. The Phoenix Suns were the pioneers of small that. ball. 
and uh, one of my other top guys ever is going to be in here in that in, in his small ball role as well. But Sean Marion, dude, was only six seven, was only two hundred and twenty pounds, and somehow still averaged a double double, twenty and ten. Uh, he, he's just incredible. Could block shots, run the floor like a gazelle. One of the best ever to play the game. All right, power forward, number four spot. I'm glad he got it. Let me say this. I'm oh. glad my man's you about to say, I'm glad he got a spot. <laughs> <laughs> because I made a small ball lineup, because uh, I had it really narrowed down to two players, but because I made this a small ball lineup, uh, we are going to put Charles Barkley as all-time power forward. Love it. Sir Charles. Dude still lives in the Valley, still calls the Suns his team. Um, he is he's a lifer, but he only played in the Valley for three years, but they were the three apex years of his career. Um, and uh, he was a league MVP in 1993, led the Suns to the NBA Finals, made all the biggest shots. He was just absolutely incredible in Phoenix and still is in the, everybody's hearts, every Suns fan's heart. Nice. And then finally, at center, number five, this is my small ball center all time because the Suns don't have a deep trough of all time centers. I mean, centers <laughs> really, uh, we'd almost have to have called DeAndre Ayton one of the best centers in the Sun in That's Suns tough. history. I was going to say, <laughs> uh, so is it DeAndre? What I'm doing is I'm going to move Amari Stoudemire into this position because he played nice. center for the That's Phoenix Suns. During the seven seconds or left, less era, uh, uh, a majority of the time, or at least the most important minutes of the games, he was the center. And he went up against Tim Duncan, famously in that 2005 Western, um, conference, finals. Western conference finals, when the Suns surprised everybody, went 62 and 20, made the conference finals. While the Suns went down in five games, Amari went up to on Tim Duncan that entire series and averaged 30 points a game in that series. He was incredible. Love it. And dunking all over the Spurs, the, the vaunted Spurs. And so, yeah, he's my, he's my all time center. All right. So we love naming random dudes. We love playing immaculate grid. So we we love to ask the guests, name a random dude from the Phoenix suns. (laughs) Well, I'm going to do a random dude that connects to today. Uh, my random dude is Utah Tabusi. Utah <laughs> Tabusi was the first right. Japanese player ever to make it to the NBA. I had to look NBA. him up. Yeah, uh, he's a little point guard, dude. He looks just like you would think a Japanese player would look coming over to the NBA. Uh, <laughs> he was pint-sized. He, he, he got into a couple of games for the Phoenix Suns, uh, and he, is the, he has the distinction of being the first ever Japanese player Utah Watanabe, another Utah. Uh, Watanabe is the second Japanese player over from Brooklyn, ever right? to make the NBA. And he just signed with the Suns over the summer. And he'll be so making the Phoenix Suns the only team to ever have two yet two Japanese players on their roster. That's awesome. In, Look at that diverse league. organization. It's great. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> you, go. um, you know what it's time finishing for. Finishing out. The hottest take of all. The best part of the podcast. Will you give us your hottest take for the season? What you got for us, Dave? Man, I hope I'm not right. But my hottest <laughs> take is that because the Suns, just none of these guys play big, big games, except Devin Booker has only recently become more injury prone. But De- Booker, uh, uh, Durant, 
and Bradley Beal are having are going to have a hard time getting on the court all three at the same time together this year mm. consistently for the whole year. All we need is for them to be back when it comes to playoff time, and they have to have played well enough enough uh, a number of minutes together so that they know what every, what each other's going to do on the court when the playoffs come. But my hot take is um, are the entire starting five, which includes Yusuf Nurkic, who has not played 60 games in a season since 2019. I mean, so you've got four guys who can't stay on the court. So my hot take is they're not, they're only going to get 20 games together this year. Um, wow. Hopefully that's enough and they're healthy at playoff time. I hope that they play a lot more than that. So I, I'm like with you, yeah. Dave. I hope that you're wrong <laughs> and that we do see <laughs> more tell. than 20 games between that star and lineup. Dave King, man, tell the people where they can find your work and how they can just listen to you. Sure. I'm going to be old school, and I'm going to say you can find me on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Dave King NBA. Uh, personally, I, I tweet about the Suns. I don't put a whole bunch of other stuff on there. Um, so, you know, when you see a tweet from me, it'll be about the Suns. Our our website, I write for brightsideofthesun.com, um, brightsideofthesun.com on the webs, and at brightsidesun on Twitter. Um, and uh, that's we, we're a, we're an SB Nation site, one of the basketball sites, and and uh, great great content every single day. Um, and I used to do the Sun Solar Panel podcast, but we recently okay. just kind of uh, retired that, and I'm now doing guest appearances like these, and and uh, you know, making all the money doing the guest appearances. I make I make more on you guys' show than anybody else's. <laughs> oh wait, don't tell, don't tell the people that. <laughs> don't tell the other guests. No, Dave, it was great it's to have you on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Oh, yeah. Up next, we're going to talk Dame, I guess. We're going to talk a little bit of litter time. Welcome back. Points in the paint. Want to thank Dave King for coming on. Yes, sir. Appreciate Phoenix that. Suns talking all the way down in the valley. Yeah, always good stuff. Uh, because we're running out of time. Yes, we are. We'll talk a little bit of Dame, Zach. Just a little bit. A couple sentences or less. Thoughts on Dame? I thought it was a good move for Milwaukee in order to keep Giannis, you know what I'm saying, in the city, you know, playing for the Bucks organization because he was already trending towards his way out with some of the comments he said during the summer. So I'm looking forward to see how it unfolds for that Milwaukee Bucks team, Ben, especially with Damian Lillard and his clutchness and his ability to knock down late shots and Giannis being a locomotive just on both ends of the floor. Yeah, that pick-and-roll squad is going to be amazing. And oh, yeah. for the Portland Trailblazers, I thought they did a pretty decent job of getting stuff back. Yep. Gave Drew Holiday to the Celtics. They got some assets back. You know, I I, I think they wheeled the deal for pretty all well. These teams involved. Suns, yeah, and Blazers. the Suns, as Dave said, they kind of made out all right. Got some help. I thought so, so too. Listen, I think it went well for everyone involved. Which for a three-team trade, you don't usually you see usually that say that, that really too. Honestly, yeah. you don't really say that too often. But that's gonna do it for this edition of the Points in the Paint podcast in the show. Presented by Stadium. That's my main man, it's been Winstein. I'm Zach Badgerhouse. We want to stay. We want to thank our man's Evan for holding it down because he's been doing such a good job. So we want to thank our main man over there, Evan Walter, baby, and thank Dave again. And you will hear from us talking Brooklyn Nets next week.